Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. In this week's episode, I welcome Leo Chung. I'm, Leo and I met on Instagram and his handle is Breakup Recovery Leo. And in this episode, we discuss how breakups are an opportunity for us to heal ourselves. Leo shares his journey through uh, of going through a breakup and how he was able to heal himself. Leo also shares uh, the four stages of a breakup based on his own experience. At the end of the episode, if you could leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. All right, Leo, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Uh, super grateful for you to come on here and have this conversation with me today. Uh, you know, we've been fortunate enough to touch base offline. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Uh, but before we get started, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and talk about some of the work you do. And, and then we'll get on with our conversation from there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to, to be on this podcast with you. I am an emotional freedom techniques practitioner, and I work with people who are recovering from a breakup, who feel that, that they can't uh, be able to let go of the relationship and find closure. And so I help them using this technique, it's a somatic tool for them to be able to address and release their emotions so that they can find a sense of peace or that they're able to enjoy the little things in life. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of this was inspired by my own breakup um, several years ago mm -hmm. and really having a tough time getting through um, the emotional experience, feeling like I was back in my own body, feeling alive, feeling excited about life. And yeah, I was stuck in that place for, I'd say a good three years and feeling like, oh, maybe I'm just gonna be like this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Just because I tried everything, yeah. I'd done everything possible to, to try to get over this breakup, but more so just get over this feeling that I was having in my body. Mm -hmm. And so when I discovered emotional freedom techniques, I was really uh, amazed with what it actually offered and was able to do for me. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to have another guest who also specializes in emotional freedom techniques. So uh, fortunately, I'm aware of it. But I guess from your standpoint, like when it comes to people that are, because you said you specialize more so with people that are dealing with breakups. So in that sense, what are some of the things they can do when it comes to this technique? And how is it different than some of the other things that people may be dealing with? Well, in terms of the technique, when someone uses it for themselves, because it is a, also a tool that you can use by yourself, you don't have to use it necessarily with a practitioner. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a self-regulation tool. And so oftentimes when someone uh, has a breakup, it is uh, placing a stress, an emotional stress on the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So using this, this technique, which is tapping on acupressure points on the body, you are also regulating your body. And so, uh, if you're feeling a lot of intense emotion like anxiousness, fear, sadness, then tapping on those points and using the statements can help you ground some of those uh, more intense feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, we breakups are another way, uh, whether it's, you know, especially with relationships there, we feel a lot of emotions 
And I, I personally, I don't think we talk about that enough. And that's something you and I discussed offline too. And, and um, you know, even the fact that you mentioned it took you three years uh, roughly to, to kind of get past that. We, we almost try to minimize the impact breakups can have, right? And, and either we, we downplay the significance of the experience or we try to move on to another relationship uh, rather than going through that healing process. Um, do you mind kind of sharing some, you know, details around what it was like for you over the course of the three years? And, and you know, looking back now, you know, obviously you're in a better place and you're looking to serve other people. Looking back, like in terms of the gratitude you have from that experience, maybe if you can share some uh, insight on that as well. Well, it took me three years because, as you said, I minimized my emotions and not because I actually wanted to. It's just that I didn't have the tools to actually feel and express and release my emotions. And so that's why I was going about it in a very um, haphazard way and just trying to improve my life in order to feel better. Mm -hmm. so after my breakup, I thought, well, maybe I'll just change careers. That will make me feel better. If I change this career, I'll also be, have an opportunity to make more money. So at least I'll feel better about myself. And I did that and I actually made more money. I lived downtown. Uh, I was in a nicer apartment. I was even in a, a new relationship. Mm. But despite everything on paper being much better, uh, the internal experience, nothing had really changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yes, those are all external things I also uh, saw a therapist. I also joined a men's group. I also read a lot of books. I was very deeply, um, deeply connected with personal growth communities. So I wasn't necessarily ignoring my inner growth either, but that type of growth wasn't really addressing the emotional experience that was unresolved with my breakup. Mm -hmm. And so I was just going about in what I call the hamster wheel of self-improvement thinking that I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward. And then I hit this wall. This is what I described in the four stages of a breakup. I hit the wall. And this wall is where you realize everything that I've tried to do hasn't really done anything. And then when I hit that wall, it's, 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 it's somewhat shocking because that's the point where I just give up. Like I resign. I'm just like, fuck, I've done it. Mm -hmm. Everything I can. And I'm still feeling this way what else can I do? Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes it's a great awakening when you hit that wall, because you then have this realization, wow, it's actually because I haven't really resolved my breakup. Or it's just a ongoing feeling of, for me, it was like numbness, melancholy, just accepting life as being dull. And luckily, I was able to come across emotional freedom techniques. I didn't even know that that's what I needed. Yeah, And through the process of doing certification, of getting my own coaching, receiving sessions, then I actually felt the cloud lift um, from my head, from my whole body. Mm -hmm. And realizing not just, sure, I felt better, but it opened up a whole other door to not just that relationship, but all of the other times I felt abandoned, where I abandoned myself. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So then I got to actually learn, wow, I don't have access to my emotions. Now I know what it feels like to feel my emotions and to express them. I know how to tune into my body to know what are my boundaries. I know how to ask for what I need now, mm -hmm. or at least I'm learning those things now for the first time yeah. because of uh, the opportunity that that breakup gave me. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, and there's many things you touched on that I want to obviously explore. Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, you mentioned was, you know, right after the breakup, you were seeking external validation. And, you know, I've been guilty of that. And I see, I feel like a lot of people tend to do that. And for me, it wasn't necessarily searching for another job, but it was similar things, uh, you know, going through a breakup a few months ago, it was like, okay, uh, maybe I need to jump into another relationship. That'll help. That'll heal me. And to your point, I think until you don't sit there and do your own healing, you don't really understand how your patterns and behaviors are repeating themselves, right? How can you feel your emotions so then you can express them to your partner? How can you set better boundaries so you're not abandoning yourself? Because if you're not doing that work, you're just sitting there getting angry with your partner or having resentment for them and vice versa, right? So I think th there is an aspect of work and healing you need to do. And to your point, it is a continuous kind of journey because you, once you're in a relationship, you continue to get tested in different ways and that's your opportunity to show up differently. And meanwhile, you're learning how to communicate those things. Um, one of the things you touched on was the, the four stages of a breakup. Do you mind expanding on that for, for the listeners? So these four stages is what I experience, but also what a lot of other people report in terms of how they experience going through a breakup and their uh, attempts to recover. Mm -hmm. And so these aren't so much the internal stages, but what someone does when they feel those feelings come up or feel the pain of the breakup, what it's typical for someone to do. And some may jump from stage four to one, two to three. So it's not a linear path. And I'll also preframe that uh, I have compassion for myself and anybody else who may make these quote unquote mistakes mm -hmm. along the way. So this is just so that for the viewers and the listeners to understand that if you're there, just know you're not alone and know that you're not a, uh, you know, doing anything wrong. It's just to give you some insight. So the first stage I call the fall and the fall is like the experience of someone pushing you off the cliff because the breakup can feel that way. Even if you know, it's coming, the separation is this uh, devastating feeling of falling and everything coming apart in your life and you're falling into the ocean and uh, this is the ocean of emotion all of these um, uh, mixed emotions of sadness panic fear longing you're trying to tread waters in these emotions and oftentimes people are doing it alone because other people don't understand what it is you're going through and you're just trying to make it through the day. Mm -hmm. right? So that's often the first stage of where you feel this shock. I don't know how to move on. How do I just, how will I ever feel happy again? 
will I ever meet someone like this person again? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to add, I guess one of the things that I've experienced when you go through that first stage, as you've described it, is, is that fear of being alone. And I think most of us are, are worried about being alone. And, you know, and I was, yeah, that was my biggest fear. And until I didn't really like sit my ass down and do the work and get comfortable with being alone, I didn't appreciate it and how valuable it is. But I think that's one of the things that really impacts people don't you think yes yes yeah and i think that fear of being alone is natural it's the the fear of being alone and and being abandoned is a primal fear because we are wired to be attached to other people mm -hmm. and uh it is our nervous system and our body's job to ensure that we are connected because if we're all alone out in the wild then we're going to be eaten by a tiger. That's how our bodies remember um, or how it's wired. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is now using our conscious mind to be able to recognize it is okay to be alone and it is okay to experience your feelings and to witness them mm -hmm. and to uh, discover what the gift is in being able to be alone. So have you, what was, what is your experience over the, the past few months for you about being alone? How have I you think, been able to do that? I think it's just being, uh, getting comfortable with it. Like just, um, you know, setting up a routine where I'm doing things and taking care of myself almost, you know, like in a way, this may sound cliche, but loving myself, right. You know, prepping meals for myself, uh, going and doing things that I enjoy by myself, like going to the gym, playing sports. Um, you know, recently I started, like if I was craving something, I'd go to a restaurant by myself and sit there and eat. It's things like that, that I think in the past I was afraid to do alone, uh, whether it was fear of judgment or fear of just missing that companionship. But I think by being able to gift myself that time, I've been able to really uh, embrace it, but at the same time, get comfortable with it. And it's been huge in my healing uh, by being, by getting really comfortable in, in that space of being alone. But at the same time, I think there's a, in that solitude, I find like I'm able to reconnect with myself and reflect on so many things and come up with so many answers about what it is that I want to do, what my purpose is and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can really hear you embracing the the gift of of what a breakup can offer mm -hmm. and that, that aloneness because it is a very vulnerable experience but when you stick through it and actually spend the time alone it sounds like you're able to to see that there's a lot of reflections a lot of things that you can you can turn back to in terms of your life and what you want yeah absolutely yeah yes yes so yes if if one is able to be with their aloneness then that first stage becomes easier. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, uh, those first few weeks, it's hard to be alone. And so many people will reach out to friends, reach out to family. And depending on the relationships that they have with their friends and family, sometimes they can exhaust them. Mm -hmm. They just continually talk and talk about the breakup as a way of trying to release the emotions or the heaviness that they feel. But more often than not, talking about it helps temporarily, 
but it doesn't actually get to the root of being able to release the pain and hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I know for myself that there were some friendships that I exhausted and, yeah. and, and felt like even more alone because they start to push me away in subtle ways. And I felt like, oh, I can't really go to them for support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then it goes into stage two. Stage two is what I call craving. And that's where you start to really feel the distance from your partner. And part of that distance is activating again the nervous system where it used to have somebody who could you could co-regulate with. And that's a good thing when you're mm -hmm. with a partner, your bodies co-regulate with one another and your emotional well-being is dependent on one another. It's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just how we're designed. And having that separation, our bodies thinks, okay, we're not safe anymore. Who am I going to go to in order to feel my sense of well-being? And so it starts yearning for the partner by thinking about them constantly, wondering what their whereabouts are. It happens and manifests in ways of like, let's check their Facebook. Yeah. Let's find whatever way that I can to track them. And it's not anybody's fault for having those thoughts. It's our bodies doing its job to get back to a place of safety. Mm -hmm. But those obsessive thoughts can make someone feel like they're going crazy. Yeah right? And that they're out of control. And so one of the quick and easy ways out of that experience is, as you said, jump into another relationship, let's just get into another attachment, mm -hmm. right? Uh, or let's go into stage three, which is self improvement. So people fall into the hamster wheel of self improvement. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't change my internal experience, perhaps, my external experience will help me through this. And this is for me was an unconscious, unconscious uh, motivation. I didn't even know. I just thought I just got to do something. I cannot mm -hmm. sit in this place of craving, right? So usually someone gets to a place where they have this sense of low self-esteem. They have a lot of self-loathing. Why me? They, they don't love me mm -hmm. to like, I got to do something about it. They turn and flip it over to a sense of anger, uh, rage, or self-entitlement, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just part of the cycle of, of grieving mm -hmm. and moving forward. But if it's not used in a healthy way, it could be just displaced as let's just improve our life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's also not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes. Yeah changing your external circumstances is actually good for you, but is it doing it? Are you doing it for, uh, for the reason of avoiding your emotions and the experience from the breakup? Or is it really simply because I have goals and I want to go after them mm -hmm. alongside of recovering from my breakup? Yeah. And do you find like in that, in those situations, like, you know, I've seen it quite a bit, not, maybe something I've experienced myself too, but not to that kind of extent. But I think a lot of people feel like they gave up so much of themselves in the relationship. Now they're like, okay, well, I need to do me. And mm. you hear that quite a bit. And you almost see this overcompensation on the other side where it's like, oh, I'm just going to like do things for myself and like spend money on myself or go on vacation. That too, I think is like, uh, it's not really a healthy way of dealing with it 
what, especially if you're not recognizing how you're overcompensating, you're basically shifting, swinging the pendulum the, the opposite way. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And is that something you see, whether it's with the people you, you work with or something you experience yourself? Yeah. Well, my experience was I, I, had ex I had a breakup with the same person twice. So we were together. We separated for a year. We didn't talk. I thought the relationship was done. And then we got back together. And then uh, she broke up with me again. So that second time I had the, I remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to let myself go back to that place of feeling hurt. Mm. I'd shut down my emotional um, attachment and essentially my, my feelings. I shut down my feelings in order to do exactly what you said was like, I'm just going to focus on myself now. Mm. I put on a protective armor and I just said, I'm never going to let myself feel that way again. Mm -hmm. And it helped me at that time because I, I didn't want to go back to that place. So I don't also have any uh, regret or shame about going through that experience. It's what I needed at that time. But eventually I also hit the wall as i said and that was when i was actually ready to feel everything that needed to be felt mm. so um to some extent i needed to feel my own sense of self-worth and self-esteem through external uh, validation enough that i could feel secure with who i am that i could now feel my emotions mm -hmm. so as I said, uh, I don't have judgment on, on myself or anybody else for the stages that they're at. Um, it all comes in the time that it's meant to. But if you have the awareness to know, yeah, I know there's unresolved stuff and it's getting in the way of me really living my life fully, then that's usually indication. Yes, it's time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, to your point, there's really no judgment. I think uh, we all kind of go through it in our own time frame, uh, and we need to process it in our own way. Uh, you know, it could take months, could take years. Uh, I don't think there's really you could put a time stamp on it, or you know, I, I think you you heal in the the amount of time you need to. And grief can take time, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think a lot of people, I think where breakups get undermined, as we we touched on earlier, is because it is a form of grief, and we don't typically consider it that right you know, you know uh i've experienced like even when we were talking about stage two when you're trying to talk to your friends and and you know you either burden them too much or you exhaust those relationships i was on the other end i was i tried not to talk about it too much because i'm like i don't want to burden my friends or for them to be like oh this guy's annoying like you know get over it so for me it was like oh this is it's okay it happened, whatever, but I didn't really accept that grief and, and give my honor those, uh, those feelings or emotions. Yeah, it's certainly a grieving process. Because if we look at what actually happens when we separate from a relationship, one is, this isn't the case for everybody, but it was the case for me, I haven't seen my ex ever since then. Mm -hmm. So it's like a death of a person. However, it's it's different than a different than a typical death because you you really cannot see that person ever again, and that's a known fact. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're still wanting to be with your partner, but you know that you can't, there's this uh, open-ended death of mm-hmm. somebody that you know you can't be with, but there's always that inkling of possibility. So you're grieving something that is uh, hasn't necessarily fully died because they still exist in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's a very unique type of grief there. Yeah, And then there's also the death of the relationship that those two people have built. And so that entity, you'll never have that relationship again. Mm-hmm. Even when my first breakup happened and then we got back together, it was a, had to be a different relationship. But I had never gone through that grieving process between that year. And so I wasn't really even present for the second one. I wasn't even really be able to contribute to the second relationship. So it never really took ground. Mm-hmm. I was still living in the past from my previous one, still feeling the hurt and the pain. And I think um, she may have as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's many layers of the grief. And then yeah. when we, we really dig further in, usually it's uh, tied back to other moments in our lives where, we may have felt abandoned. And so it's a, it's an opening of, of grief in all aspects. Yeah. Yeah. That, that death part, you know, really resonates for me because that's something I've reflected on recently too. And it, and it's, it's crazy when you think about it, right? Like if you've been with someone for years or, you know, even months, you've built this, you know, relationship and friendship and all of a sudden it's gone. Right. And, and to your point, most often, you you can't have any form of relationship with that person uh, because of the uh, the history, right? And especially if you want to move into another relationship, it's hard to maintain even some sort of friendship. And even if you did have a friendship, it will never be the same. So it's crazy, right? Like you you were with this person and you obviously loved them and cared for them, and now you've transitioned to a point where you don't ever even talk to that person again, you might not even ever see them again. And even if you do, you have to pretend like they're a complete stranger. And, you know, I kind of find that a little bit sad, because I'm like, you know, why does it have to be that way? Because, you know, you obviously cared for this person at one point. And, and obviously, if you're not grieving that loss, I think it's so important to grieve that loss as part of your healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is sad. It is sad that I can't see this person again or have a uh, relationship with them. And I know that I couldn't because it it would just bring up so much more pain and it would get in the way of my grieving process. So for anyone that feels like they can't see that person and they might have any um, guilt around that, just know it's actually for your own uh, emotional well-being and probably for the other partner too if they are wanting to do some healing around their uh, ending of the relationship mm-hmm. but as you said it's it can be minimized that oh it's just a relationship it's just a breakup you can move on um, you know just date somebody else when really uh, on a soul level it's a it's a sacred transition yeah and there's opportunity for rebirth as well mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we went off on a tangent, but I think you were about to get to stage four. Mm-hmm. Stage yeah. four was what I w- was talking about was the wall. So oh, once boy. they get to the place of uh, d- 
doing everything that they possibly could, you just get to a point where you're like, realize, wow, nothing's changing. You just throw your hands up. And I, I, I recall being there. Sometimes it's the wall and you hit your head against it. And sometimes it just slowly comes towards you and you realize it in a gradual way that I don't feel alive. I feel mm-hmm. dull. Yeah. And yeah. what actually helped me get over this wall um, wasn't necessarily a good thing. It was a, a panic attack. And I don't necessarily, I can't say with certainty why that happened, but my suspicion is that it was just over the years of suppressing my emotions and not addressing them. It has to uh, come up in one particular way or another. And so that was one of my insights to realize, okay, I've hit a wall and the panic attack felt like going back to stage one, just going back to the fall, right? And so that in itself is a cycle. It's a hamster wheel of its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say, uh, I think, you know, along that journey and, you know, as you've described all four stages, I think there's different cues and um, flags for us if, if we're really open to them to recognize that maybe, you know, we're not doing the healing. And, and just like you, I felt like I hit a wall, um, maybe it was two or three months ago. And I realized that, okay, you know, as much as I'm doing the self-improvement and I'm doing all the right things, I don't think I'm fully healing because I haven't been able to uh, focus on one thing. And, and I think for me, it was kind of like a wake up call, uh, kind of put it that way. But I think along the ways there were cues all along and I just ignored them or part on a subconscious level, I probably didn't want to admit it. And, and until I didn't really face it and, and do that inner kind of reflection, I think I wasn't ready for it. And, and again, like we've kind of discussed uh, until this point, it, everyone has their own process and it takes time. Um, you can't really at the beginning of a breakup be like, oh, <clears throat> three months in I'm going to finish stage one two months after that do stage three stuff like that right so I think uh we all need to go through that process yes 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 yeah and I know that what I've shared today feels like it's really grim like how how do we actually uh do the inner work as you said and so part of what I'm trying to create for people is when someone is in stage one and they're in that sense of turmoil, they're, they're trying to tread water in their emotions. I let people know that there are actual tools and things that you can do to help you feel like you have a life raft. And those things are one, the yoga practice that I offer to people and it's about 20 minutes. And within that yoga practice to do belly breathing to allow the breath to fill in the belly because that is also something that will help to regulate your nervous system so that you're letting your body know it's actually safe to be here without this other person because actually in reality, it is safe. We're Mm -hmm. alive, but it feels like it's life or death. Mm -hmm. And so when you get that baseline emotional stability, okay, you probably are still sad you probably will still miss them. You'll still have that craving, but you have something to anchor to. Then we can work one-on-one 
and do emotional freedom techniques. That's what I encourage people to do. To then go to those more uncomfortable places in the breakup and in the relationship to process those emotions so that they don't stay in the body. That's the point is if they stay in the body, then the next time you get into another relationship and something similar happens, it triggers those unresolved emotions like fear or anxiousness. Mm -hmm. And then your body's going to do what it needs to do is to either shut down, react, pull away, and you then can't open yourself up to love and intimacy and connection the way that you want to. It's still remembering what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So that's the work of instead of escaping the waters of the ocean of the emotion and just climbing high back up onto the cliff is now we go down and under into the subconscious mind and our emotional body so that we come out reborn in a new way so that you aren't living from the past. You're living from this new place of actually being complete and whole within yourself. Right. Finding that closure within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's very important. Um, I guess kind of shift gears here slightly. I, one of the other things I wanted to kind of discuss with you was there's also, um, and I think we talked about it offline, but mm -hmm. there's also an aspect of shame that comes with breakups. Um, you know, it's almost like a failure or, you know, you, you failed at something, you, you failed at a relationship. Um, so, I mean, I've experienced that. I, uh, you know, I kind of avoided talking about it initially just because I felt like, well, you know, I, I had all my eggs in one basket and now it's like, you're almost kind of like, ashamed talking about it i don't know if that's something you've experienced or you you get you know talk about with people you work with um but you know you you also touched on how breakups can be a gift you know it could show you parts of yourself that need healing um it could show you parts of where you probably weren't showing up as your best self so you know if we're able to reframe breakups as an opportunity just like anything else where you know failure is considered an opportunity to to learn and and do better, um, I think maybe there's a different narrative there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that feeling shame is common. I fe certainly felt shame after my breakup because it opens up all of the ways in which I felt insecure about myself. I know that being left, I felt like oh, I must not be enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't do enough. Or there's something about me that they don't love or accept. And that's why they left me. Mm -hmm. Of course, these are my own narratives and I'll, I'll never really know. But these are the core beliefs that I have about myself. These are my own limiting beliefs. And so it brings up shame about who we are fundamentally as a person. And so I, I also agree, if we can reframe this as an opportunity to, to finally reconcile with those parts of ourselves that I do accept and love who I am, mm -hmm. no matter how I am, the good, bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. There's certainly that opportunity. And so for me, it's far more about, uh, far less about forgetting this ex, feeling good again. That's, that's you know, the initial um, benefits of working on yourself. But then it's coming to a place of, wow, 
I'm, I'm willing to accept this part of myself that I wasn't able to accept for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think the other thing I wanted to touch on is like people's tendency, I find myself included at times is where, you know, you have this resentment, even after the fact, um, you have this anger, obviously, you have this bitterness. And I think, again, if we're able to shift that a little bit and look at, okay, well, you know, I obviously love this person at some point. <laughs> and even though I'm angry with them or, or, you know, I don't like them right now, but it's having space in that sense that, okay, this person was a crucial part of my life. And, you know, we're, we may not be together today, but it's honoring that relationship in the sense that, you know, there are a lot of great things, you know, I can only speak for myself, but there's a lot of great things that I learned about myself while in the relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. I learned from this person, uh, you know, they showed me a different perspective on life um, because my perspective was fairly narrow. And, you know, most of our perspectives are narrow based on our, uh, how we've been raised and our life experiences. So it's always interesting to get a different perspective on life from someone else, especially when you're that close. So I think it's having gratitude for that, as well as, you know, the other thing is people have this tendency to forget the rituals they had um, with their ex-partners. And I think, you know, I, I don't know, I, I kind of struggle with like just getting rid of everything um, and just holding space for all of those things you had together and, and having gratitude for it. Yes, yes, yeah. Ideally, we'd all like to be able to get to that place where we can still have a high regard for the relationship, for the partner. I know for myself, it took me a little while to actually get there. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I would try to uh, fabricate that in my mind because I know, okay, this is a good perspective to have. I forgive her. She did the best that she can or could. So did I. However, I knew it wasn't genuine. Like I was really trying to just put, put it on. Mm -hmm. and the reason why is uh, I still hadn't resolved the emotions underneath. It was still a very cognitive um, process. And so I think that, again, it's so important to be able to address and release those emotions so that we arrive from to that place um, from a genuine insight. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes really through the body because that's, that is our natural state is to have compassion, is to have empathy, mm -hmm. yeah, is to understand that relationships are impermanent, um, but without getting rid of the dirt it's hard to see what's actually underneath absolutely and it's not easy by any means uh you know i don't want to understate the uh the difficulty um mm -hmm. because i think it is normal and even you know like myself you know as much as i like to think that way um i, I think there's often times when i get triggered and i get angry and i think that's mm -hmm. part of the process of healing and and you know, that's something that will happen. So I, I just want to make sure people that are listening have compassion for themselves too. Uh, you know, uh, knowing that, you know, this is a difficult process to go through. Um, and, and it's not easy, right? There's a lot of emotions involved. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of grief. So when you do kind of get angry or resentful, just have compassion for yourself because you're also human, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and I think you're also a great demonstration of what where you were before and where you are now because of the effort and the work 
mm-hmm. and the time that you spend with yourself. So yeah, I really acknowledge you and, and where you've where you've started from and where you are now to be able to like share this with your viewers because I can also understand too. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. I and like I said, I it's not an easy process. And I, I don't think to your point earlier, the healing is a continuous journey too, right? And um, you know, we all have setbacks as part of our any journey we can go on, and uh, I'm included in that. And I think the reason why I think this topic was important is, first of all, I wanted to kind of debunk the whole notion of breakups being uh, something to be ashamed of, right? But at the same time, also understand how we can heal ourselves because for me uh, you know i touched on it the tendency was okay i need to find another relationship so i could get that validation and i think once we can use breakups as an opportunity to validate ourselves and once we can do that we can show up in future relationships in a much better state um and and i wanted to kind of highlight that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree I agree. And if I could offer a route in which the the audience can do that is my view is one, you must have the tools that that allow you to be with yourself. So as you already expressed, you have this time that you spend with yourself. And so that's where I share with people these self-regulation tools so that you can actually feel comfortable being with yourself first. I also think that in order to go through this experience, it's important to also have community and not just like a CrossFit community or like a hiking community. It's a community of people who are also going through a breakup. Mm -hmm. So I have a breakup recovery group where everyone can support and share their experience and let each other know that they're not alone because grieving uh, happens in community Mm -hmm. and the healing from grieving happens in community. And then finally, there is a process uh, that I have one-on-one using EFT to help them find the emotional closure within and detach emotionally from their partners. So it's that sort of like three pillars of being with yourself, being with the community, and then being with someone who can guide you through the emotional experience is what ultimately helped me through mine. Mm-hmm. So there, there are, uh, although it is a non-linear path, there are uh, in some ways, a roadmap to help you get through it um, in a, in a, I wouldn't say effective, but in a, in a graceful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And Leo, I want to thank you for having this conversation for with me and being vulnerable and sharing your own story. So I, you know, I appreciate you for that. And for listeners that want to get a hold of you or find you or want to, you know, learn more about some of the techniques you offer what are some of the best ways they can do that best way is to find me on instagram um, i am posting reels and videos on there i also talk to people one-on-one um, through direct message so you can always message me and i'm supporting people there all the time and uh, so my handle there is at breakup recovery leo and then my website also tells uh, everybody about my story and my breakup and it's breakuprecoverycoach.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Leo. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Loved your questions, and it was a great conversation.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again and until next week.